Welcome to the Honest EP podcast. We are the podcast for health professionals and the wider community. Look to explore diverse ideas in health, ask some hard questions, and have some honest conversations. My name is Archie. I'm an EP based on Sydney's Northern Beaches. And joining me, as always, is Allied Health Business Owner on camera, <laughs> Andrew. How exciting. We How are exciting. on camera. We are on camera. Should we crack a beer? Absolutely. I've gone, I've gone the. Oh, should I, should no, I, no, 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 you could. You could. A little bit behind the we, scenes. We are drinking. Hold on, let me crack this away from the mic. Bridge Road Brewers. A bling, bling IPA. Thoughts? Oh, 1.6 standard drink. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that one. <laughs> um, Very good. It's a, oh, it's a stronger IPA than the previous ones we've had. Mm. Uh, the... What was the one with the Ben Spoke one we had a couple of weeks ago was a little easier on the palate. Mm. Um, mm. Not that I'm a. I'm not against the strong flavour. No, but it's. Um, it's definitely stronger. Yeah. I don't think you'd want um, more than one or two of these if you were. Oh. Mm. Oh, I wouldn't want to get a pint of this. No, you'd be sitting on it for quite some time. I think I'd rather have a, uh, um, like a, like a tasting potter. Uh, a little smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. What are they called? Palette. Palette. A palette of, um, a palette of beers. Uh, yeah, tasting, tasting board platter thing where you get like a couple of midis. Uh, no, it's less than a midi. I don't even know. Um, and then you have a bunch of them and you can try this. Have a couple sips, give it to someone else, give them, give them a couple sips, but not have like a lot of Many them. of them. It's too yes. much. It is a bit much. Mm. You know something I found out recently? This is very, very off topic. Um, but when I said MIDI, I thought of it. I was in Victoria uh, a couple months ago and we were at a pub, just a country pub. We were in Ballarat. And I went up and I said, can I get, you know, um, a couple of schooners of whatever beer that was? Um, and he's like, oh, we don't do uh, schooners. We do, we do pints and pots. Mm. I was like, oh, pot must be schooner. So I was like, oh, oh, pots. I don't know, fuck, right. <laughs> <laughs> Not pints. Just give me the other one. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, okay, cool. And you ended up with a round of minis. <laughs> so you end up with like 250 mil beers, and I came back for a round with a bunch of tiny beers with me. I was like. Sorry guys, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't on purpose. Let, let the team down. I just didn't realise. They don't really do schooners in Victoria that much. Yeah, right. You get pots or you get pints. That's a shame. And a pot is a mini. Which is a little... Yeah, I don't know. I didn't realise we had that difference. Fun fact. Yeah, fun fact. There we go. What are you talking about? We're going to do a uh, more focused episode on GPs. GPs. General practitioners. Um... And what what our role is with them mm. uh, as EPs, as, as allied health professionals, and, and our experience with them, and some lessons and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of get this question from people that I mentor, mm. um, business owners and practitioners, um, around like, is it worth trying to build a relationship with a GP? And I think that comes from a few different sort of perspectives. 
One is that um, for so long GPs have seen have been like one of the pillars of referrals into an allied health mm, business, mm. right? And and so I think there's this even if you don't know referrer work, mm. like you know that a GP could be an important part of getting people referred to your business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next is perhaps on on a different side of like well there's so many clinicians out there so many businesses so many people all vying for those referrals from GPs Mm. is it worth it like Mm. is it worth trying to do that slog of Mm. getting in and seeing them you know having to fork out for lunch potentially Mm. Mm. Uh, you get three minutes of their time and you're trying to build a referral network based on that so that's the question that I get asked is like is it actually worth my time and effort yeah to do it when you you feel like you may be in a saturated market of everyone's trying to do it uh, or you may be too late to the party mm. that kind of thing okay yep. so in your conversations with these people uh, is it the same answer every time or is it different depending on the situation I think there's there is some nuance mm. there. I think, but for the most part, like it's it's a pretty good idea to start. Mm. I think. Um, obviously, there's referral pathways mm. from GPs into allied health practitioners, so that makes it easy. Um, and GPs are referring. Mm. It's not like they're not referring. Mm. They are referring. Mm. You just need to be the one that they refer to. Mm. Uh, And perhaps running alongside that thought is that as a practitioner, you don't need 700 GPs to refer to you. Mm. You need like four or five. Yeah. And even within a saturated market, there are four or five GPs in your area that you could probably build a relationship with. Mm. Because if you're going into this thinking, I I need every GP, I don't know how many GPs are around us, there's got to be hundreds. You wouldn't be able to service them. No, you couldn't. No. I mean, there's... How many other EP practices are there in... That would see Medicare in Brookvale and DY? I can think of at least five to ten. Five to ten. Yeah. Mm. And there's more than that. In terms of GP practices, I can think of... What three in Brookvale, um, or four in Brookvale, another five in DY, and they've all got you know five to ten GPs if, at, at each at practice. least at yeah. least some of them like you the list on the front door is just like Doctor <laughs> everything right yeah so surely like if you're saying there you're sitting there saying oh no like it's too hard or it's a saturation. Mm. No, it's not. Mm. Like, pick one. Yeah. And do your research on them. Mm. Understand the type of people that they want to see. And it's Mm. very easy to do that because you just get on their website and look at their bio. Mm. And work out if that person's ideal client fits your ideal client. Mm. And if it does, well, that's a great place to start a conversation from. Yeah. As opposed to me just randomly picking a name on one of those boards mm. and 
that GP being a women's health GP and then me try and go in there talking about, yeah. I don't know, strength training for athletes. Mm. Like, well, there's a mismatch there. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care. Cause Cause, not yeah. And, and the GP is going to want to spend more time and ideally not, but subconsciously is going to probably put more effort into the clients that they are in their ideal client kind of area. Yeah. So are more likely to think about their referrals more in depth as well well if they're if they're looking at their caseload right mm. and it's the same sort of avatar one after the other mm. and we'll use the women's health example like if it's women's health client after women's health client on mm. their caseload mm. and then you go in there talking about something else mm. like there's not going to be a good match there mm. Mm. so do your research mm. and make sure that there is a good alignment mm between what you're trying to mm. sell yeah. and what they want to hear. Mm. Mm. Okay. So then once you identify that that GP that you go, okay, great, this is one in my area uh, that seems to want to see the same kind of people that I want to see, whatever that is, however specific that is, how do you recommend people actually start that conversation in this day and age? And is that different to how um, you would have recommended people, not that you're old, uh, <laughs> 10, 15 years ago? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ten, 10 years ago, it was easier because mm. there weren't as many people going around. Mm. Right. So I will, I will accept that that is true. Um, however, there is still plenty of opportunity there. Mm. Uh, so you will need to pick up a phone. You will need to pick up a phone, call the practice manager mm. of that clinic and say, I want to come in and present mm. to your GPs. Now you might want to go that next step and say, by the way, I've had a look at your, your bios of your GPs. Mm. And in particular, I think mm. Dr. Smith would be mm. a great person for me to speak to. Is there a time for me to be able to come in and speak to? Yeah them specifically yeah yeah Yeah. um and the practice manager will probably give you either no we don't do gp meetings in which case you go back with okay well that's fine but i would like to drop off some information would it be possible for me to do that Mm. or they'll say yeah like come in on next thursday Mm. and you'll have us between 12 and 1 Mm. or go on to said online software and book GP meeting through yeah there, there is a software called RXTRO mm. um, just recently they changed it from a free subscription to a paid subscription oh. yeah so we definitely opted out of that um, subscription? it was like 20 bucks a month right to do how many GP meetings like not that many so 20 bucks a month just just to stand just to get access to the system and the system was like a, a gp meeting booking app right? yeah it's it's meant it's meant for and it's been built for pharmaceutical reps oh to organize meetings organize meetings and go okay and all this stuff. So, yeah um that's why it's been built allied health was kind of a mm. an add-on yeah to that worth it for big big pharma yeah, oh, yeah not exactly. worth it for, for small ex 
Sins or you know small private allied health business down the road. No. Yeah, and, and particularly you know when, once you build up a relationship with people, you can just like give them a call and yeah, say, anyway. "Hey, like, yeah. can I come in?" Mm. Um, but like potentially, if you're new to this game, that might be a good investment for a short period of time. Mm. Mm. So, if yeah. you're struggling to get your foot in the door in the first place. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know that a few years ago we were trying to book GP meetings and um, there was one clinic in particular that's like, we do our bookings through this software. Mm. So you need to be on that software in mm. order to be able to book. It's mm. like, great, okay, well, let's do that. Yeah, we'll do it. Um, same software. Um, but now that we've built a good relationship with that, we don't need mm. that software to be able to book mm. GP meetings because we can call their practice manager and say, hey, like we would like to come in. Yeah, nice. Yeah, much easier. Talk to a person, they can hear you instead of seeing your name. Yeah. And you can probably find a... Well, you can talk about that specific GP that you're looking for, yeah. which is what you want. Yeah. Okay, so pick up the phone. Best option. Is there a second best option? Go in. Yeah, okay. Walk in because it's hard for them to brush you off if you are standing in front of them. Mm. Um, bit bit gutsy yeah. to do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll give that. But How's the introvert and you feel about doing awful. that? Awful, god <laughs> awful. Um, but you do it, mm. right? Like, um, I know we're going to talk about this in our qu- uh, our quarterly team day mm. that's coming up about refer and nurturing. Mm. Um, and I was listening to a podcast. Um, this week or last week by Alex Hormozzi and he talks about outworking your self-doubt interesting like I think that applies here I think that applies to GP meetings I think that applies to a lot of things like the reason why I feel comfortable here talking about it Mm. is because as an introvert when I first started doing it it Mm. felt shit out Mm. but you do it so many times Mm. that you just learn to deal with it Mm. and you learn to find your own way of managing how you feel in those so managing or outworking yourself like you do this a hundred times mm. and it gets easier yeah absolutely so absolutely. you just need to just do the work. work yeah do the work yeah. and you'll learn every time you do it once again there's no shortage of GPs yeah try another phone yeah you can also go back to the same one again mm. that's what I want and, I, and I, that's a really good point as well right that the way that we think about refer and nurturing is not like, oh, I met with them once mm. and now that's finished. Mm. Mm. It's, a, it's a nurturing process. It's mm. a, I need to go back and see this person mm. every six months yeah. or ever yeah. for them to continue to have me as top of mind when it mm. comes to referring. You can't train a dog with one tree. Not, not that... GPs are dogs, obviously. <laughs> I apologise. But same kind of concept. Like, you don't do it once and go, cool. I told the dog to sit and gave it a treat, and now it will sit every time I tell it to. Like, well, no, it's probably taking a little bit longer than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with, like, any referrals, right? Exactly yeah. right. They're a pretty bloody great person. <laughs> if you go, you should send me some clients. And yeah. they go, what a great idea. Have <laughs> <laughs> <Help> them all. <laughs> you are. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't everyone be mm. so happy? But that wouldn't work. No. Okay, cool. So uh, let's let's skip to the next part. You're in the door. Um, 
you you've set up a meeting uh, ideally GP that you specifically want to talk to is going to come to that meeting what do you do in the meeting do you prepare a presentation do you um, do you uh, sit down and, and give them every program you have Mm. Uh, and print them all out on pamphlets and throw brochures at them like it's money yeah. what, what, like what, what's a good technique here well there's, there's a spectrum there right mm. like there's be super niche mm. and just talk about one thing all the way through to talk about everything that you mm. do mm. and so depending on who you're speaking to there might be some benefit to moving along that scale mm. uh, backwards and forth um, and, and again like, I think that goes to the type of meeting that you're having mm. which you may or may not know depending on yeah. how it's set up so you might I remember walking into GP clinics and all of the GPs are sitting down it's lunch time mm. and I'm speaking to 15 people mm. for half an hour mm. Mm. I know other GPs where they would just come in and out and you'd have, it'd be one-on-one, -on -one, but you'd have like five minutes mm. with each one. And so they require two different mm. strategies. Mm. And, and it's hard to, in your mind, think I'm gonna sit there and give a presentation for half an hour, but in the GP's mind, I've got five minutes for lunch yeah. between the next 50 patients that I need yeah. to see this afternoon. Oof. Um, I, I don't have time to sit there for half an hour mm. and listen. Mm. I just want one or two things that I can take away yeah. from that. So maybe ask them, how much time do you have? How much time do you have? Yeah. Um, who do you like working with? Yeah. Uh, which clients do uh, you find really challenging and you don't know what to do with them? Mm. Good question. Send them to me. Yeah, hello. Yeah. We take those people. Yeah. That used to be, I think that's one of the, the phrases that I've used mm. most frequently mm. is like, think of your most difficult client, mm. the one that's stubborn and not getting better and you just see them in your list and you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Them. Mm. That's who you send to me because mm. I can help that person. Mm. Um, because if you ask that question, like even if you ask that to a practitioner mm. and say like, who's that client that just like is frustrating and they're not listening mm. to you and they're stuck? Yeah. Everybody can think of someone yeah. pretty quickly. Like, Andrew. Yeah. 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 That guy. <laughs> Send that person to me because yeah. I can help them. Mm. That sounds very confident, doesn't it? And, and it's almost like a, it's almost like a challenge to them. It's like, go on, do it. I don't, I don't know if there's ways of doing this, but like, if, if someone put, put that challenge to me, it's like, oh, you want to try and help my most difficult client? All right, here they are. Go on, <laughs> go on, do your best. Do your best. Yeah. Yep. Imagine if you help that person. Imagine if you help that person. Yeah. Wow. Because then you've, you've just dismantled all of the challenges of that GPA. Mm. And if you fail, well, who's the difficult, most difficult client? Yeah. Yeah. Of course you're going to fail. All right, send me the second most difficult. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you put your body, heart and soul into helping that person. Not that you wouldn't yeah. with everybody, hmm. but you make sure you do that incredibly well. Yeah. And you try, 
at least show that GP that you do the, the best value care that you can. You keep the GP informed, you give them uh, the, the best information, you help them with the best program, you give them the best recommendations, mm. and all the way through, you're letting the GP know exactly what you're doing and how much effort you're putting in. Yep. And if they go, oh wow, they put this much effort in with all of their clients, that's yeah, that's a good sign. I like I know when I want to refer someone to any kind of practitioner, I want to make sure that I'm not sending them to a person who's gonna treat my client like another number. I I want the the person they're seeing to give that person everything they have. So if you can show another referrer that that's what you're going to do with someone I think that makes a big difference people. what what else do GPs want from from EPs what do they want from EPs I think I think they want um, okay firstly they want to know that the clients come to see us so the easy way to do that is you send your report and I, I don't think it has to be in depth. I really don't think that report has to be uh, huge. It has to have the important details in there of they came, we went through this, um, here's what our plan is. If you need the information, here's how to contact me. Yep. And you have those three details there. Keep it a page, no longer than that. If it's longer than a page, like, when are they going to read it? And it's this constant thing, right, where people go, oh, I really want to make sure this GP knows I, I really, really care. So they write a, a two to three page report. Because when, when's, <laughs> when is a GP going to read that? In the 10 minute console, when the GP is trying to deal with a whole host of yeah. conditions and changing prescriptions yeah. and oh, oh yeah god. by the way just give me five minutes to sit here and read this report. oh my god who has time for that like give me the too long didn't read it right mm. and, and and when people come to see me and I'm I I have more time than a GP I have more admin time than a GP has and if people come to me and they've got a three page report from a specialist or they've got their radiology report like immediately I will I will go down to the to the to the findings <laughs> or the, the conclusion basically and I'll read that and I'll go, okay, cool. And then I'll I'll go back and refer up if I need to. But I'm gonna look at the okay, what what's the answer? <laughs> like yeah. tell me what I need to know right now. Yeah. And exactly. then if I need to I'll go back and read the other stuff. Yeah. So, so just give me just give me the meaty stuff. Give me what I want. Yeah. Give me dot points. Dot points. Don't give me long dot sentences. Yeah. I don't need good uh, like, sorry, I'm, I'm not GP. Um, no, 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 but I, I appreciate the point. Like, if I, if I was given a report and it's just text, oh. like, huge oh. paragraph, I'm like, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah. No, no. Mm. Take that away. That's, I can't digest information. Yeah. Particularly if I'm trying to read this and somebody's sitting next to me and there's just, like, words yeah. in a, mm. in a, a no, no. So, dot mm. points. Dot points, give me the obvious stuff, give me the, um, like, uh, what you assessed, you know, what your takeaways were, and then what the plan is. That's Done. It. Yeah. Great. Perfect. 
template your reports so they don't take you ages, but definitely send a report. Mm. So that's what I'd say is the first thing um, that a GP wants from an AP is they just want the information about what we're doing with their person quickly and like clearly. Yep. What would you say? What else? Uh, that's a good question. Look, I think I, I would add one other section into that report, mm. which is like, if there's anything the GP needs to do, mm. um, less likely to happen from, from an EP perspective, sometimes is with the other professions, where it's like uh, a dietitian might say, we need a, a blood, whatever. Or test. Um, or physio might say, I think this person needs another scan. Yeah. Um, because from a GP's perspective, like that's really important. Yeah. Um, don't don't bombard me with all this fluffy mm. shit when at the end of it you've said, oh, by the way, like this person needs another x-ray. Like, yeah. That's important. That's what I need to know mm. sitting there mm. with that person. Um, you, you as a practitioner, yeah. have a niche mm. area. Like there is a particular area mm. of exercise physiology that mm. you like working in. Yeah. There was for me mm. as well. Um, I wanted to work in the mental health oh, the past area, right? Yeah, I still do. Yeah, uh, I got a referral this week actually to me. That was good. <laughs> um, so they want to know what what who should they refer to you? Mm. GPs need to know who should they refer to you. Mm. Mm. Um, now this is kind of an interesting area as we look at what's the difference between an EP and a physio mm. and and we've we've kind of thrown that out the window and just say like yeah I, I don't there is no correct answer to that yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm Andrew and if mm. you see somebody who is you know middle-aged with a mental health condition and they're not doing exercise mm. you should send them to me because I can help mm. Mm. so it's less about you know my name is Andrew I'm an exercise physiologist mm. exercise I use exercises medicine Blah 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? I, I help people reach the Australian guidelines for physical activity because it's good at reducing sedentary activity and reducing chronic disease. Blah, 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 blah. <sighs> Wait, that's not interesting. Yeah. They didn't need to know that. No, and what you've we just described is every EP. Mm. <laughs> you haven't given them any reason to refer to you mm. specifically. You're talking about exercise physiology as a profession. Yeah. Whereas if you talk about, I am Archie, and mm. this is the way. Like these are the people that you should refer to me, mm. and this is the way that I work with those people. Mm. It's very easy for a GP to sit there in a consult mm. with somebody who's mm. just described, mm. or you can sort of attribute their mm. their condition or, or what they're presenting with mm. in alignment with you. Mm. Okay. You should not. You should go to rebound, mm. or you should go and see an exercise. You should see Archie mm. because I know mm. him, and this is his area mm. of expertise. Mm. Like that's conveying a lot more trust from the GP to the patient. Like mm. instead of just see an exercise physiologist, yeah. see Archie from rebound because yeah. yeah. he's great at what he does. Mm. Mm. Like that person is going to pick up the phone and say, "I need to book an appointment with Archie." Mm. And then straight away, you have a huge advantage as a practitioner because you are seeing someone 
who has already placed value in what you do and you haven't even met them yet. But I always know like the clients that I have the best initials with are word of mouth ones because they come in and they go, oh, you know, this person told me that I should come to see you because you helped them with this and this and this. And they're like, they sit there and they look at you and expectantly it's like, great, so just <laughs> tell me the tell, tell, tell me Tell me what you need me to do. Yeah. Um, and it's so much easier because you've already been given mm. that like ticket approval, mm. that certification. And, and again, like an extension from that is when you get GPs referring to you mm. that there is no EPC accompanying that. Yeah. Right. It's that I've seen a GP and that hasn't even crossed their mind. Mm. But the referral is mm. you need exercise physiology with Archer. Mm. Mm. It doesn't matter if you get five sessions with mm. whatever rebate. Yeah. Like, no, no, you just need to move yeah. and, and this person can help you. Mm. We used to get them probably a lot more than we, we do now. Mm. Um, but again, like it was based off word of mouth. It was based on proof mm. that you can do say you're going to do so why don't we let's pivot and and on that point there of referrals why don't we touch on uh ebcs or cdms Mm. um and getting the the one to five Mm. uh rebated sessions from your gp and what that means or everyone knows what it means but how we deal with it and and how you kind of overcome that barrier because I know that that's a huge barrier for uh, all health professionals who GPs will send someone uh, to you and uh, they come in they go, hey, my doctor sent me for my free uh, three sessions uh, and you're going to uh, fix my obesity. <laughs> uh, a random example. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Great. okay, cool. great. And no they worries. sit down and go, cool. So, um, tell me what to do uh, and then I'll walk out the door and go by and you need to go oh wait mm. this is not free because we're a private business and, and we have you know, overheads blah, blah, blah. have this conversation so uh, l- let's skip to the end of this conversation mm. and go uh, what have you found is the best way to manage the EBC conversation with clients in terms of giving them best value care. Mm. So I'll, I'll avoid the question mm. because part of it is about educating GPs mm. about the fact that this is just a start, Yeah. right? I cannot fix people in five sessions or mm. three sessions or one session. Mm. It's unrealistic for me to do that. Mm. So when you talk about this with your patients, this is a start. Mm. Right. It took you bloody 20 years to get to this position. Mm. I'm not going to unwind it in mm. three EPC yeah, sessions. Three weeks. Right. Um, so that pre-framing from a GP about um, I'm going to give you subsidised sessions, mm. not free, subsidised, mm. um, and this will give you a bit of a, a start, mm. but this will need to be a, a lifestyle that you commit to. Mm moving forward and they will help you mm. with that mm. right? that's much better language than here's five sessions for free and mm. they'll fix your problem mm. right? so I think that's part of an education piece mm. that we, because 
again, like you think about some of the challenges that GPs face, mm. right? Um, and they've got like, let's be, you know, stereotypical here. Sure. Uh, somebody who is has a big body mass. Sure. Uh, who is you know they might have chronic diseases. Mm. Um, who we know it's going to take some time to start to see progress yeah. there. Um, we need to manage their expectations mm. and the GPs kind of need to to align with that message as well. Yeah. So that's very important for them to understand. Mm. Um, and it, it's also something that we can help them with, mm. right? Because if they're sitting there with that person mm. and we say, oh, I think I'm going to refer you to an exercise physiologist. Mm. Oh, no, I've tried exercise. It doesn't work. Mm. Or I'm going to refer you to a dietitian. Oh, no, they're just going to tell me I can't eat those foods. I, I know that already, mm. right? Um, or I'm going to refer you to an exercise physiologist. I, I know I should go to the gym, but, uh, you know, busy. I already walk. I walk. Mm. Um, if we can equip people with how to respond to that, mm. um, in the sense perhaps of that example, um, well, oh, I was going to go down a negative path. <laughs> perhaps um, an EP is different mm. because they will be able to individualise the plan that they understand mm. the conditions that you have mm. and they will be able to create a plan that is sustainable for you in the long term. Mm. And these few EPC sessions is just a place to start. It gives that person a lot more reassurance mm. and sets expectations that it's not just mm. I will fix your diabetes in yeah. eight group class sessions. Mm. Right. And it also prevents the the EPC hopping mm. of like, oh, I've done my five sessions for this year. Mm. I'm done. Mm. I will see you next year yeah, for my next five. Yeah. Right. And we can sort of pick up where we left mm. off. Mm. Like, well, yeah. On my last session give me a home program that'll solve everything. I'll mm. just keep the ball rolling over the next year and then I'll be back. And so that is my, that's my gripe. Yeah. Right. I, I, I could rant about this, but I won't. Well, yeah, that's not that. Yeah. But if you feel like your job is just prescribing exercise, mm. your job will be redundant. Well, in fact, your job is redundant now. Yeah. Because I could type into chat, chat GPT, create an exercise program for a 64-year-old male with type 2 diabetes and arthritis in his left knee yeah. and create a 12-week incrementally building resistance program for that person, and it will. It will do it. I've done it. Right? So Not, not the job. Not so. <laughs> my, my own work. No, no, no. Not at work. Yeah. But, but if you think that's your job, yeah. your job is now redundant. Yeah. And that's not what people need. Mm. Right? And, and so... If we're going to GPs and saying, my job is to prescribe exercise and I'm so wizardry at mm. creating these programs for people, well, your job's just been made redundant mm. because it can be done by mm. AI now. Yeah. And it was probably redundant even before that because yeah. people aren't there because you can write a program. You mm. could get on Google mm. and, and search for exercise program for diabetes That's and you'd probably find some good stuff. There's free content everywhere. And like... Good quality free content. A lot yeah. of places, right? Yeah. 
sounds though. Mm. So if that's your solution to yeah. help, like you, you, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So being very clear that when people present to you, or when people say, "I just want a home program," mm. okay, great, but if I give you a home program, are you actually going to go and do it? Mm. Or you could go and get a home program from anyone. How is this time going to be different? Yeah. You tried this last year, yet here we are this year and in the same situation. So why is doing the same thing going to give us a different result this time? Yeah. Yeah. What other barriers can you see coming up? And this is why an exercise with knowledge is different. Yeah. Right. And this is what we need to be conveying to people. Mm. It's not prescribing exercise. It's working mm. with an individual. Yeah understanding what their barriers are mm. and working with them to overcome them. It's motivation behaviour change is is our job really. Well, it should be our job. Mm. It should be our job. Mm. That's what people should be coming to see us for, not for exercise as a uh, as a basic prescription. Mm. That's a, they can go elsewhere for that. Yeah. I'll see them. But, yeah. <laughs> but they can go elsewhere for it. Yeah. I think the only thing I'd add to that conversation is when that person does come in the door and you're in your initial assessment with them, um, find out what their expectations are early. Don't wait till the end of your first session and uh, talk about what your plan's gonna be with them. And then they go, oh no, I've, uh, I'm only gonna do one more session and I'm, I'm not coming back uh, because it's, that's what my referral says. Mm. If you don't find that out till the end of the session, you've wasted half an hour, 45 minutes. Mm. Like you should have found that out in the first 15 minutes. So you can have that conversation, do your best to go about some behavior changes, some motivational interviewing, and then talk about your plan from there. Well, that's, that's I'm gonna segue off that then. If somebody came to you with an EPC for one mm. EP session, mm. what would that conversation look like for you? Uh, straight up, I would, okay, after I ask them, how can I help, tell me your story, that sort of thing, that's my opening question, I would find out what are your expectations for what you would like us to do together, and I would find out that. Then, uh, based on that conversation, it kind of goes down to two different trees. They either talk about, well, I want you to solve this problem for me, um, and if they want me to solve a, a problem for me, uh, or with them, uh, then I'm going to shift the conversation away from that one session and talk about more of a, a plan of how we would solve that problem. And that's going to be talking about not uh, number of sessions, but time and, and, a, and a plan, a, like a progressive plan from there. If they go the other side and go, well, I want you to send me home with a program uh, and then I'll see you next year. Um, then I'll talk about, okay, what do you want that program to achieve? And then they want, okay, well, here are my goals, these kind of things. Then straight away, I'm gonna go away from talking about that one session, talk about how we achieve those goals. So either way, I wanna come back to problem solving slash goal focused conversation and then have the conversation around that so you can see a better longer term plan, longer term view, and then give them my best recommendation from there. Mm. If they still then go, Oh, 
that's great. Um, I'd rather do everything myself. I go, great, cool. I'll write you the best fucking home program I can. <laughs> and and then I would go, look, with even with the best home programs, uh, the, the nature of exercise and prescription and motivation is that we need to uh, make sure we continue to, to nurture it and then progress the program. Uh, how do you feel about a check-in session in this many weeks? Uh, and then if they say yes, great, cool. If they still say, no, I'm just doing my one session and I'll see you next year. I go, awesome, cool. Can I give you a call in a couple of weeks just to check in and see how you're doing? And I'll do it out of goodness of my heart and not like pay for anything mm-hmm. because we still want to give them the best client experience. But I am not going to default to them going, hey, I just want to do my one session and see you next year. And if I then go, okay, and write you a program of super scans, um, have I done my job? Is that worth our initial consult price? Probably not. Mm. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, I feel like I've just taken the easy road and not even bothered to uh, do my job because my job is not access prescription. Mm. Yeah. Nice. That's what I agree with. Nice. From a big framework tree. I can see the framework. Yeah, yeah. Looks similar to those uh, exercise... Uh, clearance for exercise that SMS yes. teach us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything else on GPs? Uh, just do it, I think. Um, mm. GPs are a great source of referral. You don't need a lot. You just need a few. Um, there are GPs out there for everyone, so don't feel like it's being yeah. done. I think the last thing is people sometimes go, oh, GP, I've been to a GP meeting where... Um, we went in and they go, oh, yeah, you're from Rebound. Uh, I send these people to you and I send work cover people to this other person. I was like, great. I don't love seeing them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep doing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they had two different EPs uh, from different clinics, one for work cover and one for other stuff. I was like, perfect. And, and I'll piggyback off that and say... Um, there, there is a clinic that we've had a great relationship for with for a very long time, um, who for a very long time had an EP in that clinic, mm. but they didn't run group classes. Mm. Mm. So we were like, keep sending your, your EPCs to this other person. Mm. We will take your type 2 diabetes. Mm. And if, if these people come in, we can help them. Yeah. Because yeah. It, was, it was different yeah. to what they were doing. So even if there are EPs in that clinic, like mm. there are still ways to differentiate mm. yourself. Or um, for you to be able to talk about your niche, mm. right? Because that, that EP in that clinic, like you may or may know not that person, mm. and you might find that there is a, a subset of clients that you can really work with mm. uh, that might not be of interest to them. So mm. I wouldn't let that hold you back either. Yeah. And they talk about the classic stat of uh, reach out, refer, reach outs. It's, you know, on average 5%. Mm. One, in, one in 20 will turn into a good referrer. Mm. Um, so you can either think about it that, like, uh, every no is very defeating or every no is one no closer to the next yes. Because you need to get through 19 no's before you get to a yes. So think about those ones. That's turned to a positive. Great place to leave it. There you go. Nice. Oh, right. How was your beer? It was good. Yeah. I don't know whether it was the fact that this is purple, but it 
Did yours smell like like berries or something? I got like, <laughs> I got like the 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 flavour of purple. <laughs> I don't know if I got that. Um, I can't read. Oh, it did say big tropical with citrus notes bring the noise and just the right amount of bitterness to let the just the right amount of bitterness. There's a bit of bitterness in there. I think they're full of shit. Um, I don't mind it. By the way, we're looking for a beer sponsor or any recommendations for beer, so please hit us up. Uh, but yeah. Very good. Goodbye. Goodbye.